Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and off the top, you know where you can follow me. You can follow me at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. What's going on? Um, this episode is going to be missing some stuff. I'm not even going to lie to you. So no true In the Minor Hayes segment. I do have something for you guys uh, to start off the show. And also, unfortunately, no Cookie Chronicles uh, from the First Lady. Uh, just and you guys will, will will hear it as we uh, get into that into that first segment. But uh, I was traveling, uh, got back from Dallas actually today, uh, and I wanted to make sure I deliver you guys this episode. It, it may it was going to be late at one point, but I was able to go ahead and tough it out and bring it to you guys. So I'm really excited to get into it. Um, we have some great guests this uh, episode. We'll actually be continuing. The Who Protects the Protect Her series featuring When Life Gives You Curves, both Aaliyah and Jordy from When Life Gives You Curves. And on this week's uh, or this volume of the Who Protects the Protect Her series, we'll actually be discussing emotional protection. So we talked about physical protection uh, on the first installment of the series. We'll be talking about emotional protection on this installment, and we really get deep and down into that topic. So can't wait to bring you guys this subject uh we'll be looking to continue volume three i actually don't have a guest in line yet for volume three of the series so if anyone wants to volunteer uh volume three will be built around financial protection but it'll be a little bit different because i think i want to ask the question and have a conversation about do men put too much into thinking about financial protection what women actually need and just break it down from a woman's perspective on what they feel they need financially so we're going to be discussing that in volume three still looking for guests welcome anyone and all comers doesn't have to just be one uh there as well but that's enough prefacing i did a little bit too much of that uh so we're gonna go ahead we're gonna take a break and get into our intro on the other side of that we'll be getting into i guess we'll still call it the end of mine hey segment i'll see you guys there the following is a breaks media podcast You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Best podcast, best, best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, best podcast, best, best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul. Best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul. 
All right, welcome to my dark, twisted, and crazy-ass mind. I like giving you guys a peek inside each and every week. This week, not dark, not twisted, not crazy at all. So, as many of you know, I was able to attend the the uh, Melanin Manifestival in Dallas this past weekend. And, uh, yeah, see it right here. For anyone who's actually watching on the YouTube, you'll see I'm wearing the shirt. But it was a great, a great event. And I wanted to talk about it because often... Like with podcasts, we hear a lot about live shows and live events, and those are great things. I'm not trying to take away from that at all, but it's great when you get to go to an event and something like that that has nothing at all to do with, um, yeah, w- with uh, just just monetary, like not just a live show. Like it was, we had uh, panels on mental health, financial health, like it was just everything, building your business, like it was everything incorporated, and we need more festivals like this and more events that aren't just built around just podcasting um and you know it was just it was great to see a bunch of melanated people black and brown people doing the thing enjoying it there were um vendors there who were making their own jewelry from scratch um, well from scratch uh on hand for people and it was just an amazing experience and a once in a lifetime experience to be quite honest i think that um when you get to see what what we can do and what we can accomplish when we come together in positivity it's beautiful and it really can't be matched by many other things or events or cultures. And that's why I think we really need to do a, a good job at lifting things up like this when they do happen and speaking about it. But we need to show out. We need to show support to our people who are trying to do something positive um, in our community, and in our world. And, you know, they, they're planning on doing it in other cities. Uh, there's rumors about Houston and Atlanta. I don't want to tease anything there. But more importantly, I just really um, after something like this, I just I really hope to be able to attend more attend more things like this and just to be a part of it. And, you know, we're not from the breaks media. We, we did the podcast network first. And as I keep saying, we want to get into more things that aren't just podcast related. I look at stuff like that as huge motivation um, to do things like that. And we're all creative people. And especially when you have creatives in different lanes, because there was podcasters there. There were rappers, singers there. Like I said, there were actual artists there. Um, And when you have all of those creative minds coming together, how can you not create something special if your mind's in the right place and the leadership is important in in that case as well? Attend events, retreats, everything like that. uh, If you can and if you have the time, I I really think that most people will get some form of enjoyment out of it. And it was just so many people just smiling and laughing and joking and people who didn't know each other before it it was just a beautiful event and you know that's that is what's on my mind is like what we can achieve and we talk each and every week about how like politics are going to be focused on uh the the black vote right now and all that stuff going on and that is because when we do come together it's nothing that can beat us and that's why they that's why we were it, it, it was an effort to keep us divided and um uneducated for so long because once we get those things we can't be stopped. So coming from the Melanin Festival, the very first one uh, in Dallas, uh, I just really want to shout out that and shout out everyone who attended. Uh, Hear You Podcast, who was just doing their thing out there. Uh, April Danielle, um, uh, AJ, like it's it, so many, uh, Takora who who put it on, like it's, it's just so many people that I can just go across naming and so many artists that I got to hear some great music and local music to Dallas, people that I didn't know beforehand, like and connect like people who have the clothing cup like it's just really inspiring if you can't tell i was really inspired by uh the melon festival and uh the mana festival and just everything going on there so shout out to 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 those people shout out uh to everyone who attended 
and let's keep this going. And that's the thing. After an event like this, when we all connect and network, we have to continue. We have to actually turn that into building opportunities. It's cool to collab. It's cool to have fun and, and meet up and link up and do all that. And that's where you're coming from me as someone who doesn't like people. But it's important to 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 build those connections. Like that's the platform, right? That that's that's just laying down the groundwork. And imagine if you actually build and 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 work with other people after that. You got we we got to keep building. We can't let things like this happen and then we don't talk to each other until the next one the, the following year. No, let's actually build. Let's build. So, uh that's it. I guess if we're going to be titling this segment of the in the mind of hay segment is going to be let's build. Um but that's enough of me. Enough of that. We're going to hear from a Breaks Media podcast. On the other side of that, we're going to be jumping to the discussion topic for this week, who protects the protector volume 2. But this time, we'll be talking about emotional protection. I'll see you guys there. Hey, guys, it's your girl, Beck Easy. Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Joanne. Hey, guys, it's Trell, and this is The The Team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat, where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we live. Take that, take that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. And I have two first-time guests uh, joining me this week for the continuation of the Who Protects the Protector series, which the first episode did crazy, and I'm happy to have these two women on to continue the conversation. Um, I want to introduce Jordy and Lee from the When Life Gives You Curves podcast. How are you ladies doing? Good. Thanks for having us. You guys nervous? Loosen up. Come on. We got this. <laughs> so with first time guests, we like to, before we jump into the topics, kind of do some things uh, talking about you guys and your podcast or whatever you have going on. So the first question is, is who is Jordy and who is Lee? Who wants to go first on this? Well, Jordy's name came up first. All right. <laughs> um, well, I'm Jordan or Jordy or Jojo, whichever you prefer to call me. Or um, do not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Um, I had a hard time kind of coming up with who I am, I guess, which is kind of terrible. But um, I basically I'm a woman with many hats. I am a blogger. I'm a new podcaster. I'm a graduate student. I'm a graphic designer, a social media manager, and a daughter, a sister, and a girlfriend. All of that. All of that. And for anyone who doesn't know, the very first live event I ever put on myself, which was for the Breaks Radio, Jordan actually made the flyer for that. Oh, that's so cute. All right, Lee, it's your turn now. You try to you try to pass it off. I know. <laughs> no, that's Jordan did really well. I would say the same. Um I'm a creative. I'm a novice. Um, I'm a lover of all things food. I'm such a foodie. But living in Houston is so easy to do that kind of stuff. And really, I feel like to totally describe who I am as a person, I think Jordan will agree. I'm a know me to love me type person. Okay. I think I'm like really, I'm a really like harsh person. Like that. But I love really, really, really hard. True, true Gemini fashion. But yeah. 
Oh, you're a Gemini. I'm a Gemini through and through. Ah, uh, see, sure. we can go ahead and cancel recording right now. Right? <laughs> We're just gonna go ahead and stop. No, I'm just sing, sing. <laughs> no, honestly, a lot of people have bad things to say about Gemini's, but I can honestly say every Gemini that's ever come in my life has all been great people. So. we're great people we just love really hard i think we get disappointed really easily and we just like go from zero to a thousand we first went there it was about gemini's right now thank you and now it's not okay. all right <laughs> <laughs> so the next question i have on you guys so you guys have a podcast together it's when life gives you gives you curves you guys also do other creative things but I want to uh, kind of focus on the podcast right now. What A made you guys start it? And then also give me some details behind the name. Um, well, we started it to celebrate the plus size community. Mm-hmm. Um, all all women plus size. It doesn't matter if you're a 12 or a 26, whichever. But um, specifically the ones that weren't aren't celebrated nearly as much as the ones you see in social media. Um, just kind of shining a light on those who don't just have a, a flat stomach and like thick thighs and stuff like that. So uh, we wanted to give a platform for those who felt like they weren't seen, so to speak. I agree. And also I feel like um, being able to share ourselves with society. Um, I grew up an only child, so I always look for other women for encouragement and just to know that I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. not the only person doing it. So um, everything that Jordan said, but again, being able to have a platform for women to come together and just kind of learn about things. Um, a lot of things we, me and Jordan do or see or order or whatever is from other influencers, other influencers. So I felt like we had something to say. We had a platform to give and why not do it? That's what's up. That's what I like hearing. Uh, excuse me. My son is down here just looking at me. Alan, upstairs, <laughs> son. I will, we can play sorry when I'm done, all right? Mondays are our, are our game nights usually. So he's like, all right, play. Um, but uh, to get back on topic, uh, so with the podcast, I know you guys are only two episodes in, but I, I typically ask this question. I'm going to ask it anyway, even though you guys are kind of still at, in the infancy. What do you see long term and short term for when life gives you curve? Ooh, that's like, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we thought about it. Uh, you can go first. Mm-hmm. Long term, I just want to see consistency from both of us. Um, I, I think me and Jordan are very, both very hardworking people. And one thing that I think we can both agree on is to not just do this and and be discouraged by it, even if we only have two people that are listening, to be consistent. I feel like consistency is key. And to just reach the masses. Like, I definitely, me and Jordan will always joke about being influencers and being, like, ambassadors. And that's really kind of, like, how we started joking and doing this. So, Fashion Nova, everyone, us, these girls, because. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that uh, aside from our personal growth, just touching people, um, touching women or whoever, you know, just is the main goal for us. Uh, short term and long term so yeah i love it i love it something that i want to commend you guys on is having video incorporated into your podcast early on because it definitely does help and something that i didn't learn myself until like two years into me doing this um you guys like have have a presence on camera already and it's definitely it helps you guys with with what you guys have going on so i want to commend you guys for that (laughs) all right so i have a surprise icebreaker question on here i didn't i purposely Jordan doesn't even know what it is, so there's no nobody has any advantages here. <laughs> Are you guys ready for the surprise icebreaker question? Not ready. No. Stay. <laughs> I'm ready. Stay ready. I'm just kidding. All right, so here it is. This one, this one may be. I I don't think it's gonna be awkward, but uh, would you rather have to go a year without talking 
or a year without seeing? Ooh, I like to talk, but I also <laughs> want to see so much. I think I would say seeing because I talk a lot just in general. I have a big ass mouth. So maybe if I did a year without talking, maybe I could experience just a tad bit more. <laughs> Why? I'm going to say not talking. Okay. Um. You. Yeah, I would go a year without talking. I I need to see. Yeah, I talk a lot. But you can't. Do, you couldn't do it. Uh, what? A year yes, without talking? How yes. could you go a year without? You can't go five minutes without talking, Jordan. Yes, I can. So, do we have a condition that we just not gonna be able to talk, or do we have to condition ourselves to not speak? Because that was you wasn't specific. No, they're gonna. They're, it's gonna be some apparatus over your mouth to where you physically cannot speak. Listen. So she could try to talk, but no sound. Will no, come out. because listen to me, I will learn sign language real quick. That's true. Okay, I'm gonna be talking. I didn't think about that. Regardless, <laughs> so the communication will be there, just not verbally. Okay, I'll write on a piece of paper. That was smart. I'm going to talk. Come on, thoughtful, man. That was cool. You're welcome. That is all bad. That is all bad. All right. Well, that's that's it for that one. Are you guys ready to get into these topics? Because I did not pull any punches with you ladies this episode. I'm so ready. Ready. All right. So the first question that we're getting into, and this one's more built around the the topic of your guys' podcast, so I catered this one to you, is... With the rise in public fetishizing of plus size women, how do you discern between a man who's pursuing you versus wanting just just wanting you physically? This is so funny because we talked about this on our last episode. Vaguely. Uh, vaguely, very yeah. briefly, but we talked about, um, I, I think gave an example of like, for me, I'm very, very curvy. And I talked about like going late at night. You know, they, had, they said that like the creeps and the freaks come out at night, going out now and trying to look as bummy as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people thinking people are trying to talk to you simply off of like, you know, your fit, your, your features. And some men really do. Jordan was talking about like maybe on, uh, what is it? The, like on Bumble and stuff. Like, well, all they have to go off of is your. Yeah. All they have to, like, to go off of. Like, and, and it's kind of like a loaded question a little bit, because at the end of the day, even you going when you're dating somebody, maybe I might say, oh, you know, he has a beard. I like that. Or he's dark skin. I may like that. So it's kind of like, uh can I really be mad if you like me because I'm little You know, yeah. I mean, you know. Um, I versus I said that uh, just by action, really. I mean, if a if a dude come out and he's just talking about sex out the gate, then obviously yeah, he's not really trying to get to know me mm-hmm. or who I am as a as a woman. So, um, yeah, I just think that actions. Um, if he's just calling me. Or texting me late at night, talk, t- telling me to slide through and shit. Obviously, he's not, uh, you know, trying to get to know me. He just wants the goods, and you know that's fine. But that's not for everybody. So, like, some women want to be just set aside. It depends on how many times you're saying it too. Like every time I see you, you talking about, oh yes, yeah, this, right. yeah, that. It's kind of like, sir, we've already, yeah, we've moved past that. It's yeah. there. You're being cringy. You're being nasty. Dude, okay, so that, but that, that's, if somebody was less obvious about it, do you think you'd be able to pick up on it? So let's say it's not the late night text or it's not the constantly talking about your body, but what if it, what if it's somebody who is more slick with it, who likes spending time with you, is when he's with you, is all into you, but it's really just because of your body more than you and your personality? Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd be able to tell the difference between that? I think it's kind of hard to distinguish because yeah. you do have those nice fuck boys. Um, <laughs> I mean, you do. Well, you, need I, to, you need to put that on a t-shirt. That, that's a branding opportunity right there. Nice yeah, fuckboys. Nice, you like, have nice fuckboys. You yeah. got the dudes that'll like 
take you out and do this and this and that, but they really don't have no intention to like to do anything to more. do anything more. Exactly. So uh, it is harder. Um, if I happen, if he happens to like my body in the midst of that, I mean, but I feel like with, and I'm just speaking for like Jordan and myself, like we're bomb ass females. So I feel like you could, you could from jump want to talk to us, one of us, something off the bat, but there's, I feel like there's no way you're going you gonna to talk to me daily and not fall in love. And that's not, that's not even, I'm not, that I'm not even trying to sound cocky. Like we're great women. No, and I just feel like it. in 2020, it's hard to find a good woman that actually cares. So there's no way you want to hang out with me daily and, and not. So I think it was like a meme I posted. And it was like, sometimes I don't take you back on purpose. I'm trying to save you because you're going to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to steal that. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> so getting into the next topic is uh it's an article that i sent you and it, and it the title of it is why dating a plus size for plus size women in 2019 is so traumatic now i'm sure that still applies you know the article says 2019 did you guys get a chance to read the article what did you think about it read i'll go first yeah okay um so i did read it um don't 100 percent agree with everything she's saying however i'm sure that some women do you know have well have experienced some traumatic experiences in the dating world i personally never have experienced that um but i do think it's harder uh for some women people are really cruel as you can see on social media um we see it with lizzo we see it with other plus size people in the media um even just regular people people are so quick to just talk shit just because a woman has roles or a bigger stomach or a flatter ass what have you um, in the plus size community, it's, and it's automatically, I don't know, just less desired for, I'm not going to say most, but maybe half of the dating community. So I don't know. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that uh, I'm running out of words. <laughs> I lost my thought in the middle of that. You did good, though. Thank you. I read it also. It was really interesting, so I'm glad you sent it. Um, me and Jordan kind of had like a little, today at work, we were kind of talking about it, but um, I was interested to see, I saw, I noticed a few things in the article was like, I don't know, she was in Europe, mm-hmm. but I noticed a few things like the money she talks about was like in euros. Um, and I don't actually know the culture of what goes on there, but maybe it is a little bit more harsh for full, it's harsh for full figure women in America, but I feel like as, you know, as of late, we're, we're kind of getting a little bit more accepting. I don't know if maybe Europe is behind the curve, um, because some of her experiences were like, cringeworthy like real cringeworthy some stuff that she was going through and then also she mentioned like not everyone's a size 16 or 18 mm-hmm. and i'm like that's kind of the beginning stages of plus sizes so i would be interested to know what size she, she she is but i mean she had some pictures on there she was a beautiful i mean beautiful big boned woman like full figure woman so and her smile was everything Shout out to her yes, smile beautiful yeah. her skin and everything so it's just kind of like and then it made me wonder what so many experiences that she did have. What kind of man are you looking for? And, like, what are you yeah, putting like, out there to keep getting these whack ass men? Because when she said um, dehumanizing comments, disgusting, like I don't know, I couldn't. Yeah, like saying stuff like I've, I've never been with a big woman before, or well, saying more cushion for the pushing. I have like, had that happen though. I've had somebody tell me, "Oh, I just want he like I wasn't really feeling him or whatever." And his vibes was just really off. And he was like, well, I just want to know what it's like being with a big girl. And I was like, the fuck? So I had to obviously block that person. But yeah, I mean, it does it does happen. I've, I've been unmatched because I'm bigger or what have you. But I mean, I don't trip off of it. Like she wrote a whole blog. She wrote a whole, yeah, she I don't funny. care. 
and I, I can comment a little bit because I, I, Lee, I, I know you don't know. I know Jordan does know. I grew up in Europe. I grew up in Italy and Germany. Okay. Um, so while it's not conducive, like in Germany, big girls are the shit in Germany. I'm just Germans love they big women. Italy, <laughs> it's, they're a little bit more judgmental. So like each each area in Europe has its own thing. Um, but what I will say is that if you're coming into a different culture. Uh, and they know you're not like engulfed in it, and they can tell if you how long you've been living there like me for example i lived in italy so long that i was able to move around freely and whatnot but it is it is very it can be very off-putting especially if you're american because there's already have those people who have that barrier that as soon as they hear you're american or hear your accent they automatically have this perception of americans and so i think that may have contributed to her experience some as well i can never be put in the position of being a woman so I, i'm sure that there's things that i can't speak on to that as well but just being a, a american in europe it's already some barriers right there that are going to make you feel uncomfortable i think also like just putting yourself out there as a woman in general like we were raised i don't know I, I, i'm a houstonian i was raised in the south my dad's from georgia so growing up it's always you know the man is the pursuer so you know with the social media age of dating and being able to put yourself out there it's already kind of making you vulnerable we all know as women we're more vulnerable than men and so i think like Jordan said she wrote a whole post about it because it really did affect her. Like, here I am putting myself out there. You know, I'm I'm, I'm loving myself and my body. And then every time it seems like I put myself out there and I'm being shut down and the only common denominator is my size. So that has right. to be pretty, you know, depressing. Yeah, I mean, in that, in that regard, yeah, it is definitely traumatic. Why would I keep putting myself out there just to get shot down every time? Mm -hmm. Like, especially when I'm not, I know. And it's like, you know, you don't want to say it, but you're not the most desirable right. by societal societal standards so yeah i could see why it is traumatic i love that you do have those huh i love that she that she did share her well yeah perspective. anything left on the article any other comments <laughs> concerns? yeah it was interesting it was, it was an interesting, interesting read yeah, for sure that, it opened my eyes a lot honestly yeah and, and i'm like you guys said I'm, I'm glad that she did write it because i think if no one talks about it how can we ever understand yeah. it or, or be put in those shoes or kind of understand what you would women in general go through and i think that it's been so long and we'll get into it in in the main topic but i think that for men specifically is that we don't always understand and if you guys are afraid to talk about it we're kind of put off to ask sometimes we're afraid to ask so it's always good when somebody says and, and has articles like this well that's what i told Aaliyah earlier too because she was like well i don't know how many people feel like that or would feel like that and i was like that's the point because mm -hmm. nobody's talking about it she did. She she was brave enough to like really put herself out there in writing, right? To share her experiences, and that's important. As as plus size women, like when did you guys, if you ever like came come out came out of feeling uncomfortable and just being comfortable in your in your body and and owning being sexy and everything like that without feeling awkward? That's a great question. That is that is a bomb question. Um, ooh, I, like we talked about on our podcast, I've always been the bigger friend. And now that I look back, I wasn't even like, I wasn't even big, right. but I was always the bigger friend. Time. And I think in college is when I really started to be like, you know what? Like people would always make comments on my, on my body. Everyone on my dad's side of the family is the big boobs, the big butt, all that kind of stuff. But it was almost like, okay, how do I dress this? Do I show it? Do I show my boobs? Do I, you know, what do I do? And now I think like once I graduated from college, it really like took off. Now I'm like, you know, fuck these people. I'm yeah. about to show everything. And Jordan knows I'm pretty, you know, open to wearing almost anything. 
So I think maybe like after college, like being in my grown woman type shit, like as well, I was like, you know what? I'm about to do what I want to do. <laughs> if it's something my size, I'm wearing it. Fair enough. Uh, for me, kind of like Leah, I was always the bigger friend. Um, I don't. I think I started getting more comfortable in college, just like you know, wearing cleavage and shit. I didn't like blossom until I got here, though. It was this one picture I posted on Instagram, and I was like, all body shots, all two K, whatever year it was, two K seventeen, and I just took off from that. I will say, kind of just like, I didn't give a fuck no more. Yeah, and I will say, like being here in Houston, like being in the South, especially in like Texas. It's a little bit, it's a little bit better, you know, yeah. like, you know, we know for like, you know, being bigger or thicker or whatever, everything's bigger in Texas type thing. So, you know, it's, it's more, I feel like it's a little, maybe a little easier here than maybe Ohio. And I think you, you have to, well, for me, it was like who I surrounded myself by. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at first I was kind of shy. The people who I was with in college, they didn't kind of dress the way I wanted to dress. But like Aaliyah, like she was saying, like she'll dress, she'll wear And whatever. I encourage her to wear it. Yeah, so <laughs> she'll wear whatever, and I'll be like, "Oh no, nah, I can't wear." You it. saw like, those bathing suit pics? Yes. You said what? We saw them ba- bathing suit pics, Jordan. Yes, and you look good. You look blessed. Ham hocks all out. Eating her cabbage and corn. That was annoying. <laughs> that was a bomb question, though. That was good. That's that's what I do. I come up with bomb at no. I'm just playing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we are well. So getting into the last topic, kind of getting back into the premise of who protects the protector. So in the first episode, it was all about kind of physical protection. So I wanted to take a step deeper because it's not just about protecting our women physically, right? We also have to emotionally protect our women. So I wanted to talk about emotional protection in this segment. Are you guys ready for it? Yeah, I'm so excited. All right. So the you got notes, you getting your notes ready, she's getting her papers in order. Listen, I do my job. <laughs> so the first question, and this is the one that's probably going to spin off into who knows what else. Do you feel black men generally protect the emotional well-being of women? We can say this together. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, which is really unfortunate. I don't want to put all black men into a box. Mm. First of all, I think Jordan and I can both agree. I love a black man. I don't see myself. They not sovereign race. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I, to each its own. I just want to be with a black man. And I feel like as black women, we're always like, have to put ourselves in this like rider position. I also saw like a little meme on Instagram and it was like, treat black women with respect without having to go through something traumatic first. It's always like the you know, I've been holding you down since high school type thing. And it's, you know, I don't feel like black men really understand what it's like to be a woman and what it's like to be a black woman. I also have read several times before, like black women, you know, statistically are the least to get married. We are the most likely to not be married. Like we are the least desired race of women. And it's just like on the opposite side, Everybody love a black man. You right. know, they're Literally, fantasized, everybody. fantasized about, you know, being with a black man. So it's like, I don't know. Well, I think I think black like black women are also fetishized very very heavily by even white men. But I think the difference is, is that white women look at marrying a black man as like achieving something, whereas white women look at black women as something to conquer. If that makes sense. And so, yeah. It, the only difference is like the things that that women like about black men and the things that people like about black like people like about black women is all oh, the full lips and the booty and the yeah. But people going out and buying. It yeah. and get it injected into them. So if they can replicate, i.e., the Kardashians, the look of a black woman without being a black woman, 
they still gonna go. Then they still gonna go. You know what I'm saying? But they're still gonna go for the black man. But I'm saying if if as a as a man, I'm attracted to the the vision of a black woman, and then here there is another race of woman, and she got everything else, but she paid for it. You know. Culture vultures. Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think that. I mean, uh, I don't agree with that. No, it's good if you don't agree. So no, what I don't mean, agree about. I mean, I just think that white women or Latino, whatever, they're gonna be with. Uh, they're gonna try and be with a black man regardless. And I think that black men, they don't so much care to be with a black. Well, okay. not all. Not so we're basically all, saying the same thing. Like I said, if I'm saying if as a black man, you're more attracted to a black woman because of their features and then you see other everybody else being able to replicate that same thing, you know, and then, you know, the stereotype is black women, we're bitter, we're mean. Oh, we'll we're... get into it. We'll get into that. We'll get I think into that it. we as black women love a black man beyond the beyond physical. The physical. I think it's yes. deeper. I think it goes, we want I black think I love runs yes, deep for black men. Whereas men kind of just do like worry about the physical part first mm-hmm. and then it's like okay once i get to know you now it's okay now i can actually feel right i agree type shit Definitely. i agree with that i like that um do you think that i mean i say think because it's clear the misunderstanding that black men have over black women emotionally how do i want to word this at what point do you just need to tell a nigga to stop to pay the fuck attention to, to life like because this this is my thing Emotional intelligence is hard to achieve. And I think a lot of times black men uh, develop emotionally, emotional intelligence last where you guys develop it first. Black women develop into their emotional intelligence with puberty damn near. As black men, we develop it if we're lucky in our late 20s, especially if we have children. So at what point is it that we have to change the way we're raising our black men so that we that they feel that it's okay to be emotional? Because it's hard to understand and protect someone emotionally. Well, you're not even in touch with your own emotions. And I think that that's a lot where that stemmed from. Does that make sense? No, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Put it on the t-shirt. <laughs> like that. Um, so what was the question? I don't know. I went all over the place, right? Um, <laughs> how, what do you think that we need to change the way that we're raising our black men? And that will help make them be in a better place to understand the black woman emotionally. Do we need oh. to stop? And that's something that I try to do. I'll put it back on me. With my sons, I teach them very early that it's okay to feel. Whereas with my dad, he was very much the put some dirt on it. Why you bitching? Shut the fuck up. I let my sons work through their emotions and I'm very emotional with them. Um, and I think that they're, we're really the first generation of black men who even admit that there's an issue with mental health, much less emotions. So, like, do you think that we that, that we need to change it at a base level of how we're raising our black men? Absolutely. I think for a long time, um, for I think for both genders, really, yeah, black we're, we're just like, no, right. suck it up. It's going to be all right. Put a Band-Aid on it. Like you said, move on. Like, I think that it's very important to really realize, like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel, like, in general. As a woman, there's nothing more attractive than seeing a man be in his emotions. Right. Like, nothing and more attractive. And express them. And express them. Like, we don't want to see y'all, like, cry, but to me, I'm like... Like, no, I love like it. you know, I love it because it's it's showing that, you know, you care, you feel, you're not just this strong oh, wall that right. I'm trying to talk to and, you know, get through. And like I was telling Jordan earlier, to me, it's all about being able to empathize. Like, mm, you know, being able to really sit and say, okay, I'm feeling, I, I see you're upset. Like, what can I do to make it better? What, you know, and like you said, I think it does go back to growing up. Like Jordan said, just as a culture, as black people, 
we te- we're so hard on our kids. Like, don't touch that. Don't do this. We're very hard on our kids, and we don't allow them, you know, to be expressive. To, yeah, to be expressive. Like, I, it's you the kid is a kid, like, and yeah, you always hearing. Oh, you need to like at least specific, specifically for boys. How many times have you heard? You, you ain't got quiet. no feelings. You need to be quiet. What you crying for? Yes. Oh, because I'm hurt. Growing up, my mommy said you got no feelings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, my mom used to ask me all the time, "What you crying for?" I'll give you something to cry about. That too. Oh mm-hmm. God, that's a phrase in every black household. Um, <laughs> I think I said it to my to my kids one time, and I was like, "Oh, damn, damn." Next question: What are men missing when it comes to women being emotional or labeled as having bad attitudes? What do you think we're missing about that, and how can we better understand you guys? I think that's it. I think you need to be more understanding. I think that men kind of have an idea that women are just perfect in some sense. Exactly. And like nothing bothers us and nothing can bother us because we can't bother y'all. And uh, it's like, okay, dude, before you, I did go through stuff. And sometimes that does linger, whether I like it, whether me personally or not me personally, but like as a woman, whether I like it or not. So as long as I'm making strides to correct it and fix it, uh, I need you to be understanding that I'm not all the way there yet. And that's something that I'm working on. And like just to be there for me emotionally, you know, I guess in a sense. I said um, just paying paying attention to detail. Um, I feel like the longer you're with someone, you should know when they're upset, you should know when something's wrong, you should know when something's off. And I think as men, you guys just don't pay attention to the details. Like I can always tell when something is wrong with someone that I'm with. Um, And with men, it's like, I can literally be sitting there with tears in my eyes and be like, well, get something to eat. And it's just like, dude, hello. Well, to, to, to the credit, there is a lot of black women who post that asking something to eat does help with their emotions like we i'm just saying <laughs> i mean it does but can we fix the problem first yeah and just talking about it like yeah. just in general i have issues like i told, said earlier i'm i'm a very like combative person but not to argue but because i love dialogue and i feel like that helps get out what the actual issue underlying issue is and i feel like men don't like to talk it's like it's always that thing like as women it's like we, we need to talk and men are like Ugh, oh, that's me sometimes as women it's really not even that big of a deal because as women we're so forgiving we're gonna forgive y'all ass anyway and do it you know come back we just want to be heard we just want to yeah. feel like you're listening if i'm yelling whatever just don't say nothing just listen to it and then we can make up later <laughs> whatever <laughs> But we just want to feel like, you know, heard. I think most people just want to be heard just in general. Now, yeah. When you say heard, like I'm going to try to rephrase it. And if it's not what you mean, correct me. But when mm-hmm. you say you want to be heard, is it that you want to be seen emotionally? Like you want to be seen in your rawness and not judged for being seen. Exactly. Because and I, and I specifically said heard mm-hmm. and not understood because sometimes there's just no understanding. Yeah. Or sometimes you're just not going to understand where I'm coming from. Um, You know, you're just not going to get it. But the fact that you're willing to just listen and just let me, like you said, be raw and uncut with you and just really just pour my emotions out and just be there. To me, that's that's if that's all that you can do, that's great. That's perfectly fine. Because and I specifically people always say, you know, understanding. And I agree with Jordan to some extent, but sometimes 
you're just not going to understand. There's just nothing that you can do to understand sometimes. But, you know, that's the difference between sympathizing and empathizing. Sometimes sympathy is okay because you just can't understand fully. I agree. I agree. You got more to say? You just saying I'm a, I'm a, I agree. You got, come on. No, I, <laughs> I don't, I really don't have much to say. I think she explained that very well. Um, if I do, I'll double back. Okay. Well, next question. And this is the doozy. This is where we can finally start trying to understand. Hopefully, people listening try to understand. Shut up and listen here. What makes you feel emotionally protected? Uh, for me, um, reassurance. That's what I put down. Um, being heard, but following with action if I'm asking you of something. Um, and I know sometimes reassurance isn't for everybody, but... Uh, it works for me. Um, my main love language is words of affirmation. So that helps a lot. Um, also dealing with like some anxiety stuff, just being reassured, just lets me know like, okay, I can calm down now. So that helps a lot. Like when I need to like get out of my head. So um, for me, um, two things, improvement and acknowledgement. Um, I should start with acknowledgement. So first, understand that there is an issue. I think a lot of times we can't solve issues because we can't actually say what it actually is. And people just want to kind of, you know, uh, move the elephant out of the room. In order to solve something, we have to acknowledge that there is a problem here. And then improvement um, it's not going to happen tomorrow. You're not going to get better, you know, Tuesday if it happened on Sunday. But just, you know, little improvements or like, you know, slowly but surely, if I can see some type of improvement, that that helps me. Um, that helps me feel better because I know that you're trying. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't actually get to where I need you to be, the fact that you're trying shows that you care. So those two things. What makes you feel emotionally protected? Yeah. I I, um, that's a, I've never been asked that in my life. Uh, and that's a good, that was a good point too, because that's an, also another thing too, as women, like we need to know what makes you feel emotionally protected so that we can, you know, yeah, it's a, a like, two way street. Yeah. I feel like women, as women, we always are worried about like what we need, what I want, what, like we don't really yeah, well, take into account it. of what my man needs. Like, what makes you feel good? How do you, how we can do I, it naturally, but I don't think we know like exactly. Yeah. Right. I would say for me, and I'm, unique so i don't know if this is going to apply to everyone is i i we as a black man i have to wear my armor out in the public right let me be raw around you like let me let me take that armor off when i get home and if i just want to say hey babe work had me stressed the hell out and just let me vent to get it off for five minutes like ultimately i want to be able to be naked around you and if i'm able to do that then for me i feel i feel good i feel protected a lot of times some some women will complain about black men not showing emotion but then when we do it's turned and used against us the next time you get an attitude or or whatever if i share something with you know that that's in the covenant of our relationship so don't throw it back in my face that i had a a moment that i broke down i had a moment of of being doubtful i had a moment of being sad let me let me i don't expect you to bear that but let me vent it to you so then i could be better equipped to deal with it i like that yeah i know yes no look write it down no that was great last question i want you guys you ladies to give one tip or more if you got it to help black (laughs) men uh be better prepared to emotionally protect the women that they care about okay listen literally listen um and don't just be like oh yeah i'm listening like hear me because if i'm telling you something i obviously feel that or i'm experiencing that with you so just listen and then do it actions like 
if you can if you can recognize like oh hey i understand yeah you are right okay so put that into action don't just say you get it and then don't do anything about it because that's gonna piss me off so can, can i can i uh, so not to take away from anything you said, but I just have a question. I'm going to piggyback off this. When you say action, are you able to tell the difference between somebody trying and results? Because I feel like not just women. I don't want to make this like everyone has it. They We judge how hard we think someone's trying on something on if we get the result that we that we want. And sometimes mm-hmm. people can try as hard as they possibly can. And it mm-hmm. just it doesn't move immediately. So do you look at can you tell the difference between just looking at the result? And then looking at the effort they're putting in to try to get to the result. Yes. Okay. Here's one thing I will say with that, though. Um, people do things that they want to do. That is true. If I say I want to lose 20 pounds. Of course, I'm not going to lose 20 pounds tomorrow. But I'm being lettuce. I'm in the gym. I'm be doing sit-ups. I'm going to be putting in the work to get the result that I'm looking for. So, you know, let's say the issue is communication. He used to go three days without texting me. And now it's two days. Okay, still sucky, but you're doing better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you know, if the issue was three days and then you're, you turn it to four, or you still doing three, well, there's been no improvement. There's been no try. There's been nothing. Right. So, and then, it, or like I said earlier, acknowledging, dang, I know I said I was going to do better. I've been fucking there up. You go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm keep trying. You know, keep staying on me. You know, acknowledging that you're doing something wrong, that to me still helps. So, yeah. Fair enough. So, I agree. Yeah, but what you said was right. And then for me, a tip, I would say be present. Yeah, that's big. Be present. Like, again, like we've been saying, every, I agree with you and, and Jordan are both saying, like, it's just not going to happen overnight. Like, we're people at the end of the day. We, we're selfish. Like, as people, we're just selfish people. And we want what we want. But just to be present in the moment and in, in the relationship, um, you know, sometimes I have to pick and choose my battles. And I, I'll say, like, I can really feel passionate about something. But like in the moment, what's more important in the moment, what's most important to me is spending time with that person or trying to figure it out. So just being present, like, okay, we're here now. Life is not promised to any of us. And, you know, when we leave here today, is it going to be a level of happiness, understanding, you know, and things like that? Because even today we were watching like the Memorial Covey. I'm like, oh, life is just not promised. So when I leave the room, when I leave the door, when we go to sleep, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So living in the moment, being present. I think it also, I think you should ask your woman specifically because while mine's listening and hers being, hers is being present, the next woman could be something else. So I think it's important to ask your partner, like, how can I, how can I do better for you? Right. And I think that'll only help because it's like, okay, I'm trying to be a better person to make this situation work or improve or whatever the case may be. Just be, you know, as good as it could, it can be. And last, last thing I didn't want to add. Men always talk about like women nagging because we say the same thing over and over and over again. I think that's another thing. Like, be okay with if you're not doing it, I'm gonna keep telling you because I, I want you to do better. Instead of being like, you you're nagging. Like, no, I'm reminding you of what you said you were gonna do that you have yet to do. So that. Yeah. On that. That on that. That's fair. That's something I tell my kids all the time when they're like, You say that all the time. Well, as soon as you stop doing it, I'll stop saying it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so that's literally all literally, all, literally all 
You make it so hard. And as a woman, like we, it's like we, as a, I don't say as a woman, but women, like I feel like we love so hard. Like it's literally gonna take a lot for us. It's I, I have so many like friends and line sisters, and they be in these relationships, and I'm like, girl, I'm like, but I love him. Like you know, so it's like we are willing to like put up with it. We just need a little like little effort, just like just do a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I think we killed that episode. You guys have fun. I had so much fun. Yeah, it was great. I would love to do more male perspective. Yeah, great. Invite us back. Yeah, you can invite me to your show. You got a show too. We will definitely invite you. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to figure it out, like how we're going to incorporate men into our situation. Well, there you have. What is your body style? I mean, there's plus size men too. There are, and and that's a thing. they're we not, used to do one about men with booties. But men with big booties. All right. I mean, I was just saying that they're not tuning in for celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> they're not celebrated. Plus size men are just now getting exposure. What they're they're worse off than plus size women in my in my no, uh, opinion. A man could be a whole uh, I'm curio. talking about in like Shade. the media and stuff, girl. Maybe. Not specific. I mean, there's one thing I always say as a man, you always find your woman. Women, on the other hand, absolutely. I think it's a I don't see some men, and not, not that I'm talking about, bad about nobody, but I'd be like, what in the hell? He puts the pound down. Okay, girl. Mm. That's that on that again. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> we'll go ahead, leave them your social media so they can follow you, and then we'll go home. Okay, you guys can follow me on Instagram at the songstress t h e s o n g s t r e s s. Um, I also have a business page at a list underscore sweets for all of your dessert table needs. If you're in the Houston area, get at your girl. Uh, you can follow me at Love Always JoJo. Um, visit my blog at lovealwaysjojo.com. and you can follow our podcast page at When Life Gives You Curves underscore. And Jordan also blog. I said that. Oh, did you say your blog page? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Attention. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> all right. Hi. Uh, Hi. <laughs> he just slid his ass right over here. <laughs> well, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. It's at CEO H A I Z E. You can also follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave us any voicemails, you can do so at 614 547 2039. This has been another episode of The Awakened Soul and For Big Country. We're out. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha